Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, Aphorism for August 1st. To know God, it is said that one must possess the simplicity of a child. How one wonders, considering the vastness and complexity of the universe, can simplicity be a part of any equation involving true wisdom? The metaphor itself supplies the answer. A child is simple, because, although it observes, it doesn't prejudge. Thus, it lives in the present, far more so than most adults, whose tendency is to dwell on thoughts of the past or the future. For such adults, the present is hardly more than a connecting bridge. Be childlike in the sense of living in, but not for the present. Be childlike but not childish, not overreacting, that is to say, to pains or slights. It's a very interesting, uh, the whole concept, the simplicity of creation, what it means to be childlike. There's a great deal that can be said about all of this. I remember once when I arrived in India, when Swamiji was living there, and I would visit usually at least once, sometimes twice a year. And as it happened the night I arrived, he was giving a satsang for the ashram residents, which was maybe 25 or 30 people at that point, uh, an informal satsang in the upstairs of the house that he was living in at that time. And in the course of the satsang, he was talking about many things, and somehow he made the statement that because creation is so complex, I mean, it, it only takes a moment of reflection to see how complex it is. I myself had just gotten on an airplane in San Francisco, traveled for, well, literally, it's door-to-door from, from my home as I walk out the door before I walk in to wherever I'm going in India without any substantial layovers is 24 hours. So 24 hours of continuous travel had moved me 10,000 miles across the world. And instead of sitting in my own house, I was sitting with Swami Kriyananda with all these other devotees. I mean and all the complexity that that involved, which I had just been through. And so he was talking about, you know, this, this creation is so complex that we naturally imagine that the creator of such complexity must be even more complex. How could he not be? I saw a, whatever that really goofy comedian is, Mel Brooks, that's who I was thinking of, who did, who did those really wild satires. And there was some kind of a, just a little vignette that I saw. And he, he, he was, he's British, and he was being, or the actor was being some kind of an Anglican preacher. And he was speaking with a, a very British accent, and he was giving a sermon. And as you listened to the sermon, it, it, it seemed to have content, but you realize it was all variations on the concept of the physical size of God. <laughs> just trying to explain 
how extremely large he is. I mean, you have to, we would have to say gigantic, and gigantic doesn't really say it, you know, enormous, enormous. God is enormous. And it was just like trying to make him big enough, physically big enough, to be bigger than the physical world. And of course, it was done very well and became more and more ridiculous. But you realize that that's what the mind is doing. So when it says, you know, blessed are, uh, suffer little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God, we're sort of charmed by that. But the mind really um, doesn't know immediately what we're supposed to do with that, because it just doesn't fit. So this is what Swamiji was talking about at the satsang there in his house in Gorgaon, India. And he said, but, and then he started taking it apart, talking about how, you know, creation, everything in creation emanates, it's like my right arm is God, everything in creation emanates from absolute stillness, absolute stillness and singularity. And then the spirit moves across the water, um, the word, as I've referred to in, in some of these aphorisms, the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. Word means sound. Sound implies action. Action creates vibration. So from absolute oneness and stillness, vibration begins. And vibration is movement, and, and that movement doesn't keep going in one direction because it's rooted to the source. So it's rooted to the source, but there's great movement as possible. But of course, it always has to go both directions. And the farther it moves, the, mo the farther away we are from source. So when we move all the way over to here, we are in what appears to be darkness. We move back and forth, and that's why this world is always oscillating, and you can never just get everything you want and hold it there, <laughs> because it's vibration. It's going to keep moving back and forth. But when we finally get closer and closer to the infinite, the oscillations are less and less. And that's how, in the Bhagavad Gita, it can say to, to, to the sage, to the man of wisdom, to the knower of God, a, a, a lump of clay and a bar of gold are the same. What is night to the worldly man is day to the yogi. The opposites just, everything shifts. Fame and fame and fortune and blame and criticism to the yogi are the same. Life and death, um, success and failure, because th there's there's barely and the closer you get to the center, the oscillation is so slight that you shift slightly toward the positive, slightly toward the negative. And I don't mean that the world's response is slight, but from the point of view where the yogi is standing, all oscillations are slight because they're, they're just not involved in the moving world. They're involved in the inner world until all of that complexity, all that duality, all that movement comes to a point of absolute stillness, and the duality is gone, and they're simply one. Now, what could be simpler than absolute stillness and one? Be still and know that I am God. That's what the Bible tells us, because when we're still, the creation disappears, we only know the spirit. What could be simpler than stillness in one? So the closer we get to that, the more we see that the complexity, the apparent complexity, is really just an, an illusion. 
because it's all just spirit moving. So if spirit moves this way or moves that way, there's not a big difference to us because it's just spirit moving. It's understanding that it's just waves on the ocean. How can you say that this wave is actually separate from this wave and this wave is not part of the ocean and this is part of the ocean? It's just all, it's the same ocean that's just moving like this. And when we view it from the whole ocean, it becomes very simple. When we view it from the top, it's this wave and this wave and this wave and this wave. And then it it just comes down that it's all just a play. There's a wonderful Sanskrit word for it, which is lila, which means divine play. It's just the divine play of God. And there's there's really no difference. And and so the the childlike spirit of of an advanced uh, yogi or someone who's very in tune with the spirit is not an affectation. It's not like an effort to be simple. And it's definitely not dumb. Sri Yukteswar said saintliness is not dumbness. You don't just become duller and duller and and you can't tell the difference between a clod of clay and a bar of gold because you don't have the wherewithal to understand what they are. The yogi is perfectly capable of understanding, but he sees them all as just oscillations of light and he sees no reason to cling to one or the other because he rests contented at the source of everything. So the child-likeness is what, what you see in, in a saint is the freedom, the, the joyous freedom that a child has. You know, ideally, the child just plays, just goes outside and plays. This is, this is being recorded at the time frame that we're talking about, July and August. Now we're in August here. And... Uh, it's, I, I tend to be a person who, who prefers to go to bed early and get up early. But this time of year, that often means that I'm going to bed before it's really dark. And, and I have this vivid memory, and I have this vivid memory of one time, but I know it happened many times, that my parents um, tended to keep us on a fairly orderly schedule. And it would change a little when we didn't have to go to school, but they never allowed us simply to have a random bedtime. So I vividly remember being put to bed on warm summer nights, and at that time we were living in Texas, so the nights in the summer were very warm. Being put to bed on warm summer nights, kneeling on my bed with my nose pressed to the screen window, and seeing that other children were still playing outside. I could hear them playing, and they got to stay up and play. And I didn't. I had to be put into my bed every night. Of course, the next thing I remembered was falling dead asleep and waking up the next morning. (laughs) But there was just like the most important thing to me in life was to be able to have stayed outside and just run around with my friends having so much fun. You know, my little bit of anguish that I was denied some small pleasure in my childhood. It was truthfully, and thank you, God, that was about as tough as my childhood was. But every time... Every time I go to sleep, when it's still light, just that little moment flashes through. And part of me says, well, I'm an adult now. I could go out and play if I wanted to. But of course, I've made my own choices. But that, what I'm talking about is that childhood, that childlike freedom. And, and you see, that's what it is that the saints acquire. They acquire this sense of childlike freedom. It's like all the complexity of the world has resolved into the the play of God. And whatever comes to us 
is simply God in another form. And if the waves go up, the waves will go down, and we might as well enjoy them the whole time. A friend of mine, Dharmadas, is a twin. He has a twin sister. And I don't know them, so I'm just taking his word for it. But he said he and his sister had very different temperaments. And he said, and it was perfectly described by this once when they were small children, they were on an airplane, and the airplane, um, had, there was a lot of turbulence. And every time that the airplane bounced, his sister went, ah! and he went, like that. And that's a childlike spirit. Every time the plane goes ups and down, do we panic or do we just enjoy the ride? You know, oh, there's a, there's a joke I love. A snail went for a ride on a turtle, and as he was racing along on the turtle's back, he said, like that. And that's what we want to be. Just That's what childlike is. Whatever God sends, we're just here for the ride. We're just here for the joy of it. And if that joy is anguishing for ourselves or others, that doesn't mean we laugh. But, but we live, we accept. We live in it. I, what Swamiji says, most adults think about the past and anticipate the future, and he gives the chilling phrase, and the present is merely a bridge between the two. You know, we, we're working now for what we're going to get later, but we get in the habit of anticipating a future happiness rather than experiencing happiness, because when the future comes, it's not the future, it's now. And if the mind is always looking to what's going to come, that future happiness never comes to us because it's always being anticipated. Whereas a child has no sense of time at all. I mean, now I can think, oh, well, I'll just do this for a year or two. That seems really easy for me to think about. But I remember even, you know, in my teens and 20s, a year I heard, it was both chilling and absolutely delightful, two young entrepreneurs being interviewed. They dropped out of college, started some company, and then sold it for bazillions of dollars, and they were now like 24 or something like that. And they were being interviewed on the radio. I live in Silicon Valley, so these things happen. And the radio announcer says, the radio interviewer says something like, how do you feel about the fact that, you know, at the age of 24, you've already earned more than your father earned in his entire career? I mean, how do you feel about that? And the, man, the young man said, sort of outraged, he said, well, I feel just fine. After all, I devoted two years of my life to this. <laughs> two years, really. But that's how time seems when you're small. But when you're older, you just keep anticipating, keep anticipating. We become childlike in the realization that time itself, it will always be now. And if I don't find the joy of my heart, mind, and spirit now, when will I ever find it? Child does it spontaneously. The saint does it out of wisdom. Let us now look at our aphorism again. To know God, it is said that one must possess the simplicity of a child. How one wonders, considering the vastness and complexity of the universe, can simplicity be a part of any equation involving true wisdom? The metaphor itself supplies the answer. A child is simple because, although it observes, it doesn't prejudge. 
Thus, it lives in the present, far more than most adults, whose tendency is to dwell on thoughts of the past or the future. For such adults, the present is hardly more than a connecting bridge. Be childlike in the sense of living in, but not for the present. Be childlike, but not childish, not overreacting, that is to say, to pains or slights. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.